Psalm 67, and hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 67. I know it's not Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, but you'll see why in a minute. Psalm 67 says, God be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on the earth. Your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you will judge the peoples with uprightness and guide the nations on the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its produce. Our God, God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. Two years ago, we made a commitment at Grace Baptist Church to take this psalm seriously, to pray for God's direction, to pray for God's provision, and to be a part of God's call to take the gospel to the other nations, specifically to Peru, to adopt that nation or adopt a people group in that nation uh, who had at best a hodgepodge, melting pot religion that had no truth in it, no understanding of it. We've prayed regularly for those people here, and we've uh, taken the gospel there now seven times, seven different groups, and six more will go next year. When the group went this past week, they had a phenomenal experience. Uh, God just opened paths and doorways that, that had not been there in the past. They really had the week that we have been praying for for quite a while now would start taking place. Uh, Scott called me from Peru and he said, listen, we got to share Sunday night. Well, tonight we're having a little special type service. You won't want to miss it. It's not going to be normal as, as though we're ever normal. But you, you want to be here tonight uh, for that. And I said, you can't have that. We're going to do something different Sunday night. And uh, next Sunday night is our anniversary celebration, Thanksgiving service. The next week is Thanksgiving weekend, no evening service. So I prayed about it, and I said, Scott, I want you guys to share Sunday morning for two reasons. One, it's fresh on your mind what God's doing. Secondly, uh, our whole congregation needs to hear this. You don't all come back on Sunday night, and so you don't get to hear it always. And I think you need to know what's going on in, in the Chonke River Valley uh, down in, in Peru, because you need to know what God is doing there through this little body of believers here in the United States called Grace Baptist Church. God's doing the work, but he's using us. And I'd love to see many of you that have never heard this talked about, talked about this morning, uh, committed to, uh, to praying more fully for, for Peru, but perhaps even giving your time and your energy to go and minister there. I don't do this lightly. You know me. I expound the word, and that's what I, uh, I want to do on Sunday morning. But I felt the urgency of the moment that I'm doing something very out of character, very unusual, and I'm turning this over to Brother Scott and the others who have been on the, uh, have been on the trip this week to Peru. So, Scott, you come and share with us. I want to go ahead and invite the, the rest of my team who's going to be coming up to speak to uh, start making their way up here. Uh, we're going to have three of our team uh, speak. Uh, we had one who said that he would rather chew on broken glass than get in front of people to speak. So uh, I won't name him, but uh, he's not going to—he's not going to come up here. 
Yeah, but his wife is, <laughs> just in case you wanted to know. I'll probably pay for that one later. <coughs> uh, this this is our, our, I think, our fifth trip this year. Uh, and our, our purpose was to go and to disciple the believers who were already there in that valley. Uh, and so we had a, an amazing experience uh, when we went down there on this trip. Uh, but in order for you to understand what took place in that trip, we need to first go to Scripture uh, to see what God is doing. And so I ask you to turn to, uh, to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, uh, verse 15. And this is a passage that you should recognize uh, because it is the, uh, that great passage in which Peter confesses Christ. And so I want to read this to you, and I want to point out one particular thing about it before we begin talking about our trip. Matthew 16, starting at verse 15. Uh, Jesus, he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, now listen to this, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. And this is what I want you to, to see and understand from this passage. It is Christ who builds his church. It is not by the intelligence of man. It is not by cleverly devised strategies. It is by Christ alone and his power that he builds his church. And so as we have been going to this valley, taking the gospel there, we have gone with the understanding that it is not us who is going to do a work there and see a church raised up, but it is God alone who will do the work through his power of his Holy Spirit to raise up believers in that valley to people who will stand before him through all of eternity crying out the praises of God. And that is not us. It is God who does that alone. And so the things that, that we experienced and some of the fruit that we got to see over this past week is simply a result of God's power at work through his word as he accomplishes his will. And so we saw some amazing acts of God's providence this week. Uh, providence, we, we teach that word to the kids by saying that, uh, that God's eye sees everything that's taking place and his hand is at work in everything that happens. And we, see, we saw God's hand at work throughout this trip in some, in some very uh, powerful ways. And so uh, I, I want to just share a little bit of that, of that time with you. I, I've been on mission trips to three different continents. Uh, and I have never seen God's providence at work in such a way uh, as it was uh, on, this, on this past trip. And so I want you to listen as we share and, and listen to how God's providence has been at work in building his church uh, there in the Chonkai River Valley. So I'm going to ask Natalie uh, to come up and share for just a minute. This has been a really amazing week, and God has placed the right people at the right place at the right time and helped work through us, even though we aren't that great and we, we don't know what to say. He's given us the words to say and helped us communicate through our translators. And I think that the reason why this trip has been such a success is because of your prayers. And I want to thank you for that. Thank you for praying for our team and for the people in Peru. And I want to encourage you to keep praying for them. Um, they need your prayers, especially over the over the rainy season while we're not able to go there. Keep praying for them to to study the Bible and to learn more about God and to stay strong. 
Thank you. Well, we, um, we flew down uh, to Peru and uh, arrived there safely and no problems or anything. And we got up to, to leave the next morning to, to drive out. Uh, and we, we did make it safely through Lima uh, this time. Uh, and uh, that's quite a feat if you have not driven through Lima. And Frank is laughing over there for some reason. Uh, and I'm not going to address why. <laughs> uh, but, he, uh, but God kept us safe through that. Uh, and we immediately went driving up into the mountains. Um, one of the goals that we had on this trip was to address one of the believers uh, in this valley. His name's Danio, uh, and he had been baptized by Pastor Bill uh, over this past year, uh, but we had received some bad reports about Danio. Uh, we'd received some reports that he had not been involved in the body and worship there, uh, and that he'd even been seen drunk on the, on the plaza square. Uh, and so we needed to talk to him. We needed to find out what was going on. And so driving up the, uh, up the road, uh, there in the mountains, uh, there is a little village that you come to about an hour or so before you even get to where we were going. Uh, and we stopped at this little roadside um, store, for lack of a better word, uh, to buy some drinks for everyone. And just who happened uh, to be there but Danio. And so uh, this is just stage one of the uh, providence of God that we got to see. And if we got to talk to him a little and set up further time, for us to sit down and, uh, and talk to him uh, more. Uh, and so we went on up to the hotel and threw out our bags and immediately drove on up the road to, uh, to Vichacocha, which if you're not familiar, Vichacocha is the town that has uh, the church in it uh, that has already been started. And so we wanted to make sure that we had set up appointments there to do Bible studies with them. So we set up four nights of Bible studies, uh, Sunday night through uh, Wednesday evening, uh, to do Bible studies with them. And so we went there, and uh, Marciana, one of the, the main people at the church, she was very excited to see us and was ready for us to come. And they were glad for us to, uh, to do that. And so we set up those times and went to bed that night excited about what God was going to do and not really sure what to expect the rest of the week. Uh, we got up early the next morning and went to Pacaraos, uh, which is a town that we'd been working in and that we had built a wall in uh, in, a, in a school uh, just a, a few months previously. And uh, we went there uh, to go talk to the director of the school. We wanted to get in the school, talk to the kids, uh, do some Bible studies there. And, and we wanted to try to find a man by the name of Julian. as a man's name that you should have seen several times in the prayer sheet uh, on Wednesday nights to pray for. Uh, we, we couldn't find him. And there was another believer by the name of Isidro. We, we went to try and find him, and we just we could not find this man. Uh, and so we kind of felt like that morning had been a bust. We were going to go up on to, uh, to the next town. Well, our missionary met us that morning uh, there in Pacaraos, and we sat there and ate, and uh, he... He seemed to just take a little bit longer eating than I wanted. I was ready to, to get going, moving on down the road, and, and I was kind of getting impatient, just the way I tend to do sometimes. And, and it just happened right as we were turning around the corner, driving away from the town, uh, that we happened to see uh, Isidro, the man that we were looking for, just walking down the street, right as we were getting ready to leave the town. And I, I've got a PowerPoint um, that hopefully they can bring up that has the, uh, uh, the picture of Isidro. Um, there he is. There's a Cedro. Uh, Cedro is the man on the right uh, with his uh, wife and daughter, uh, and he's the man that we encountered there. And we we met him a uh, few months ago and found out that he was a believer. Uh, and uh, we had given him Basic Christianity, a book uh, in Spanish. Uh, I think in the September trip, 
And he ran back to his house, brought that back, and he had read it all, underlined it, marked it up, researched where it corresponded to in Scripture. Man had been hungry for the Word and for studying and growing and learning. And that's the power of God at work. That's the Spirit working uh, there in Pacaraos. Uh, and uh, we hadn't planned on doing this, um, but we divided our team at that point. Uh, where J.W. Uh, went up with uh, the missionary and uh, did some, some Bible studies uh, with Isidro. And so I want to ask J.W. to come and share some of the things that, that he and the missionary Jim did while they were, uh, while they were there. First of all, I'd like to say that the uh, providence of God didn't start at Akos, meeting Danilo. It started getting through Lima. <laughs> okay? Uh, if you don't even have a love for the gospel, you need to go to Lima. <laughs> okay? Because it is, uh, it is a hoot. It's pure pandemonium. It is, it's great. And as uh, Scott had said, uh, we get to Pacareos, and uh, we meet this little fella, <laughs> Isidro. And uh, you meet this guy, and immediately he's like a stick of dynamite. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And what a passion he has for the word. And like he said, we uh, split the team at that time. And uh, I was a little nervous. i got to tell you, I've taught Sunday school for most of my adult life, on and off. And when you go to a, a country that you do not speak the language, you do not, you're not used to the culture, uh, it, 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 it makes me nervous. And it is a heavy weight to make sure you get the gospel right. And... Uh, so uh, we eat, and I'm nervous, and I'll be honest with you, they, I think they go and eat, and I get down in my room and get on my knees, on my flip-flops, because you don't want to touch the floor. And uh, I, I just pray and ask the Lord for his provision and, and for his wisdom. And uh, We go up to Isidro's house, and uh, you can imagine this music closet back here. That's what we had a Bible study in. It's about five foot wide, cold. Uh, you, you touch knees. He had two benches. You touch knees across from each other, and you had a translator sitting between us, and and he, uh, he brings out this Bible, and it's a it's a hardback Bible, Spanish version. I can't even remember the name of it, but it's a solid translation. And he gets it out, and immediately I see it, and he has uh, took the Bible and drilled through it, and sewn it together because it was coming apart. So I showed him my Bible, and he chided me that I should sew it instead of tape it. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's not that I don't own other Bibles. It's just I know where everything's at in this Bible. And, uh, and uh, I like to take it with me because it's sort of a comfort. But we get there and uh, we're teaching the Word to this guy. And we're teaching through John chapter 1. And I, I'm, it's really hard to translate into Spanish what you're always saying and thinking. And I ask him uh, who was born first, Jesus or John the Baptist. And he immediately corrects me and tells me that Christ is eternal that he was way before John the Baptist. And that wasn't what I was trying to get to him. I, I was trying to teach him some stuff. So he corrects me. And uh, the, the first night, I think we had five at his house. The, the second night, you got to understand, they do not have watches, clocks. Time means nothing. Uh, I'm already teaching for like 20 minutes the second night, and here comes this new married couple. <laughs> and then here comes some kids from the school. And uh, I think the last two nights, we had up to 13 there at his house in a room about like that right there and we had this guy uh julio who was a guy we did we were sort of mixed up on who he was but julio had a pair of glasses that had one arm on them 
and sit on his face really sideways. And he would take those glasses off and try to preach while I was teaching to this other couple. And the translator was trying to tell me what he said. She was trying to tell them what I said. And it was like, it was pandemonium in that room also. But to see God go and take people we've never met, uh, never met this man before. I, this is the third time I've been in the valley. And... Uh, I can see the fruit of where we've been before. But mostly I can see the fruit where the whole body's praying. I, I'm telling you, the body of Christ here is, is praying for these trips. And the missionary, Jim, who you have to know also, uh, he says this is the number one church that he knows is bathed in prayer when we come. He says, I take a lot of people up to Kanta region and, and different, different valleys, and he says this is the number one body that's praying for the people. And I think that's, that's pretty awesome. So... Uh, we, we have three nights of Bible study there. And uh, he says he wants to go to Viscus. We've never had a Bible study in Viscus. So we go up on, uh, what day we go, Monday? No, we went Monday. We go Monday to the clinic and just pull up. And there's people comes running to the clinic because we think we're doctors. You know, they, and we're like, no, we're not doctors. We're far from that, but I'll treat you if you want me to. But anyway, uh, we get up there and we start talking to some people who are, uh, are Catholics and some people who s say they believe. So anyway, we're just nonchalantly talking and we ask them about uh, having a Bible study. And they were, yeah, we would love to have a Bible study. So we set a Bible study up for a Wednesday night. And uh, my biggest fear is the woman says, we'll feed you. <laughs> okay. I don't do well in Peru. Okay. I live on beef jerky and granola bars for a week. And... Uh, so as we were laughing about, uh, Jim was saying a missionary that uh, I think it was Boots said that he always prayed if he eat at someone's house, said, Lord, I'll put it down if you'll keep it down. Okay. <laughs> so I, I get to this lady's house, and uh, it's a kitchen that's just absolutely, you just can't believe it. You just have to see it. And uh, it's just got tin over top the uh, roof, and it starts raining, and they have to move the tin over so it won't get rained on to eat. But she's holding a lamb in her lap. And they were petting a cat and a dog, and they're crawling over everywhere. And I'm sitting here just, I don't really know what's in the soup. I'm just eating it, okay? <laughs> and then she offers me tea, and whew, the glass was pretty bad. But we get through this, and, and I think, well, we're going to, I said, well, we're going to have the Bible study. She said, well, we're going to have it at the community center. So I, we go down to the community center and sit there, and I'm expecting three to five people. So we sit there for a few minutes. People start coming in. We have 18 people show up in a place we've never had a Bible study before. And i got to tell you what, th that was, I felt the weight of making sure the gospel was right. Because here you have people who don't know the gospel. They have religion. They have idols. Uh, they have whatever, but they don't have the gospel. So we sit in this room, teach for, it goes on for about two hours. And uh, this lady, who was sort of the leader in the room, asked a question, which was one of the most uh, pertinent questions was asked all week. She said, how do we know you're telling us the truth? She says, the Jehovah's Witnesses come up and say they're telling us the truth. The Catholics tell us you're telling us the truth. And we go into about probably a 30-minute talk of how if it doesn't line up with Scripture, it can't be truth. And if it, if it denies the deity of Christ, it can't be truth. But uh, then she makes a statement that blows me away of all. She says, now this is a village that's, uh, I think it's 12,365 feet in elevation. We've never had really contact there much. And uh, she says, this village has a hunger for God like you would not believe. But there's nobody here to teach us. So 
I got to tell you, we need to be in the valley more, <laughs> more. And I know it's going to take more time and more money, but that's the thing we need to do. And uh, as uh, Scott says, we pull into Akos the first day, and this starts showing the providence of God. We pull up, and it's almost like an initiation when you first go to Peru. <laughs> you have to stock it. Akos and use the restroom, okay? <laughs> you just have to do it. So, <laughs> that's all we're going to say. So it's an it's an initiation point. But here I turn around, there's a guy standing down to the next store, booth, whatever you want to call it, and it's Danilo. And I had bought him some Lifesavers because he loves Lifesavers. And uh, he comes up and hugs me, and we talk for a minute. And, uh, of course, he talks to me like I can understand him. I don't know what in the world he's saying. <laughs> And I uh, go back to the truck and get the lifesavers and bring to him. He just, you know, thanks me a lot for him. Uh, so he never shows up to any of the meetings, and we finally find out he's building a wall down the road from us, and and uh, he's at this little mechanic tent, I guess you'd say, across the road. One day I stopped and talked to him there, and that was one of the goals is because I'd met Danilo and sat in Bible study with him that we wanted to, to make contact with him because of the reports we had had. So all week we can't see Danilo. I mean, he's just nowhere to be found. So uh, we're standing, uh, I guess it was Thursday. Thursday night we're standing in the, the motel. and Or no, we were in the room, and uh, Aura comes in, one of the translators, and says, uh, hey, Danilo's out here wants to see you. So Danilo comes in and says, are you guys going to Lima in the morning? And, yeah, we're going to Lima. He says, well, can I get a ride? So we've not got to see Danilo all week. But in God's providence, he locks him in the truck with us for five hours. <laughs> so we got to talk to him and uh, explain to him about baptism and what is expected, to, expected of him in Christ and just had a good meeting. And he told us he was going to, uh, he, was, he had a bride that he was going to marry next October. And uh, he has uh, set up with Jim, the missionary, some uh, marriage counseling. So we had a good talk, and he thanked us for, for thinking of him and praying for him. And I don't know if we got him exactly straight, but we, we actually had a real good talk. And uh, i got to tell you, I, I counted a privilege to take the gospel to, to other nations. Uh, before we uh, joined this body here, uh, when we were downtown and when we are here, uh, I'd been in church most of my life, but I have never, uh, never seen a priority of taking the gospel. And it, it is a pretty awesome thing. And it is awesome to, I told Scott, I said, if Danilo shows up in the morning, it's the most providential thing. Uh, you just can't explain it. Every day we was, like, meeting the right people at the right time. When we were running late, the people would show up. It's like we'd pull into the town square and the right people would come walking down the street. So God is awesome and, and he is worthy. And thank you for your time. There's one more thing I'd like to let you know about uh, Isidro uh, and um, our encounter with him. We had scheduled a time to go up to the school in Pacaraos, and uh, we went up there that day, and one, of the, one thing we wanted to do is find Julian the gardener. And uh, it just so happened that right when we pulled up, he was right there on the plaza working, uh, and so went to talk to him uh, while some others were doing some things with the school, and uh, talked to him, and he knew Isidro. Uh, they had talked about studying the Bible together before, but they had just not gotten together to study the Bible. Uh, and so we said, let's go find Isidro, and let's see what we can do about studying the Bible together. And so we go walking down the road toward Isidro's house, and who happens to be walking toward us? Isidro. Uh, and th this, now I'm getting to the point where I 
really want you all to be praying for. Uh, as we began talking to them and saying, you know, you, you all are believers in this town. It would be, it'd be great for you all to study the Word together. And so then we began talking to them about the possibility of them studying the Word weekly together. And maybe, maybe perhaps they could get together once a week to always study the Word together, and they could set the same time each week where they could study the Word together. And they decided right then and there that they're going to take those two and then Julio, the other believer, and any other believers they can find in town, they're going to set up a Bible study every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. to study the Bible. And so they began talking about this and getting excited, and back and forth in Spanish, and I'm just sitting there, what in the world's going on? And they're talking about how they want to study the Word together, and their plan is to study from 7 till 10 in the morning God's Word together every Sunday morning. That's an amazing thing. This is what we've been praying for, God to move in this way. People have a hunger for the word of God there, and this is what we're seeing happen. And so I want to encourage you all to be praying for Isidro and praying for Julian, the gardener, and praying for Julio, who is there in that town as they gather together, as they study the word, that God might move in a way that can only be explained by him and the power of his word as he raises up believers in that town, that valley, who will worship him forever. It is an amazing thing to see. And we, we, literally, this goes on and on all throughout uh, the week. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm teaching and preaching in, in Vicha Cocha every night. Uh, this is, this is the, the town that has the church that was already established in it. Uh, the first night I go there and preach on what it means to be a church member, loving one another, spending time together, uh, and, and what that looks like. And we've been praying for a man by the name of Romulo, uh, and uh, he, he's one of the few men who are there. And we've only seen maybe, maybe one man, maybe a couple, who's been involved in this church and I go there and preach and talk to Romulo and he doesn't really seem very interested in in leading he doesn't seem interested in in leading Bible studies or pastoring I ask him if he if he if he's ever done that or he he wants to do that and he he really has uh, has no interest but there's a man who is there visiting at the church he just so happened his job had moved him there uh, and he came from a, a neighboring uh, valley uh, and he was a pastor in the former town uh, where he had lived and his job had brought him there uh, and he seemed to be very very knowledgeable of scripture so this piqued my interest what might God be doing bringing this guy here uh, to this church so the next three nights um, uh, Clint and, and Natalie and I and uh, Tavo the interpreter went to Vichicocha and were just teaching them the Bible they they, they don't really understand that they can sit down and read it themselves. They think that they have to have somebody read it to them and, and teach it to them. And, and so my goal was just to walk through Scripture with them and say, look, you can do this. Just study the Word together like we're doing right now. And so each night I took a chapter of John. went John chapter 1, John chapter 2, then John chapter 3, uh, just walking through Scripture and talking about it. Uh, and it's amazing what happened. We, we went to a group of believers who, who really wouldn't talk about um, very much to us and wouldn't really ask a whole lot of questions to the end of the week they were really talking really asking questions and and, and opening up more uh, than they uh, than they had before and, and this little church where uh, there was really only one man by the end of the week we had uh, probably seven or eight men who were there regularly that's that's a big deal that's an amazing thing um, because we had some men in the town so they didn't want to come because there weren't really any other men there and then I wanted to, to talk to that man who is a pastor uh, and talk to him and ask him more about uh, what he believed. And so I sat down with him, and I had printed off the Baptist faith and message in Spanish. Uh, and so I took the main theological points of that, and I, I held him up and said, and had him look and read those. Do you believe this? 
Do you believe this? Do you believe this? With every single one. Yes. Yes, that's exactly what I believe. I believe that. Yes, that's exactly what I believe. And I, I finally, I said, I want to know one last thing. Do you believe that this Bible is completely true? And he goes, on for a few minutes talking, and I don't know what's going on. And, and Tabo, the interpreter, says, he, he's just explaining about the inspiration of Scripture. He's saying that all, that all Scripture is inspired by God, and he's just going on about the doctrine of inspiration. And so I'm like, all right, thank you, God. <laughs> and uh, at the end of my last teaching time there with him, I said, you all need to be doing this regularly. You need to just take and at least open the Bible and read the Word together. At least do that. Is there someone here in this body who will at least make sure that every week that you gather together, you'll open this Word and that you'll read it and talk about it together? And of course, that, that pastor, his name is Reuben, said, yes. Yes, I'll do that. And so be in prayer for Reuben. Pray that he will accurately and diligently help that church study the Word of God every Sunday evening when they gather. And so that, it, it just so happened that he, God led him there by his job. Uh, <clears throat> we went from, to, to several different towns. Uh, we went to a town one, uh, called Rivera. Uh, we went there on Monday to meet with uh, the nurse, and uh, it just so happened that right when they, she was there, uh, we went there, she was there, she didn't have any patients, and we said, well, can we do a Bible study with you? And she said, how about right now? It's like, well, okay. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> Natalie led that, uh, uh, led that Bible uh, study with her. Uh, then while she was doing that, we went to a, a store, we're trying to find uh, phones in each of the towns. So we went to one of the stores and, and uh, talked to the lady there about using the phone. And uh, her name was uh, Celestina. Uh, and she had received a, a track from her track from us in September. She'd been reading it uh, with her daughter. And so her daughter was a teacher at the school. So we went to see her daughter, Isabel, at the school. And so we began talking with her. And she was very interested in the word, very interested in the two ways to live track that we had given her. And she said, well, how can I teach the Bible to all the kids here in the school? I said, well, maybe I can help you with that. <clears throat> and so talk to her about how can you teach that two ways to live to the kids. How can you help them memorize the, ver the verses that are listed in that? How can you teach the Word of God to them? And so we, we taught her how you can teach those kids the Word of God. And so she is going to be teaching the kids there in that school God's Word and going to be using the two ways to live track to teach them, to help them understand the gospel, even though she's Catholic. This is God at work uh, there in that town. Uh, and they want to have a Bible study when we get back. Uh, is, uh, Celestina and, uh, and her daughter Isabel. And so uh, that's Rivera and how God's working there. Uh, one day we go to Chalca. Uh, and Chalca is a small, real, small town. We've not really encountered any believers there. It's kind of like the ghost town of the, uh, the valley where you, you don't hardly see anybody walking down the street. You know, it's nothing. If there were tumbleweeds there, they'd be blowing down the, uh, down, blowing down the street. <clears throat> but there's, there's nothing there. And so we, we go in and we talk to the school and uh, we talk uh, uh, to the kids who are there. Um, and uh, see, um, uh, we see that some of the kids there, if you'll flip through a couple of the, the slides, we've got, uh, that's Julian. Uh, he's, he's one of the men uh, that I talked to uh, uh, that's in Pocket Arouse. So be in prayer for Julian. Go to the next one. Um, this is, I think, for, uh, from up in Viscus, uh, the town uh, there, beautiful view. Go to the next one. Uh, next one. Next one. Uh, next one. 
There we go. These are these are the kids. I put this together at six in the morning, so I've not slept much this week, so I'm barely standing here. Uh, <clears throat> these are some of the kids uh, uh, in that school uh, who we talked to and and shared with uh, them. But as we were leaving the school, we remembered oh, we hadn't given Bibles to them. So so uh, some of us were out on the plaza standing there, and uh, Jim and JW went back to, to them to give out Bibles, and it just so happened while we were standing there, there was a, an elderly lady who came up and talked to us, and flip to the next slide. Next one. There she is. Uh, <clears throat> we ran into this lady, uh, and her name is Sabina, and we found out she is a believer uh, there in this town. She and her son are the only believers that, that she knows of in the town. Uh, and we hadn't encountered her before. Um, but she talked to us about her love of the Word uh, and about how she wanted to, um, to study the Bible. She also told us that her nephew is a believer and comes up to preach in that town every once in a while and is building a church there in Chalka. Flip to the next, next slide. This is the church uh, that he is building uh, there in Chalka uh, so that the gospel can be shared there in that village. As we were there, we talked to a woman uh, by the name of Edibel. She is a Catholic there, but she said that the people in the town are sinners. And the reason that they're sinners, listen to this, the reason that they're sinners um, is because they don't have anybody to teach them the Bible. They need somebody to come to the town to teach them God's Word. Do you see how God is raising up people to have a hunger for His Word? This can only be explained by God. That's it. That's the only explanation. We went up to Banos uh, one day uh, to go there, and immediately when we pulled into the town, the person who we were looked for started walking beside us. Uh, Maria, who we, we had baptized her and Francisca uh, a couple of a uh, few months ago, back in August when we were there, uh, and we had a wanted to have a Bible study with her. Uh, and she said, well, well, you need to need to wait a little while. And I'm like, holy, how long, how long are we going to have to wait here? She wanted to do it two hours later. So, okay, all right, well, I guess we'll hang out for two hours because it's too long of a drive to go back down the mountain. Uh, and so we decided we'll go, uh, we'll go check out the hot baths and see where the bathrooms are and where people wash their clothes and all that. We're showing uh, some of the folks around. And it just happened that while we were there, we were able to strike up a conversation with a lady who we found is a believer uh, and lives next to uh, Maria and wanted to study the word more. Uh, and she and her husband and daughter came to the Bible study with us, and they uh, sat there and, and studied the word with us, and they want to continue studying the word uh, with Maria. Uh, and uh, you just see how God is at work here? Do you see how he has given people a hunger uh, to study his word? I think we did 14 Bible studies uh, while we were there. And that doesn't count just the times we talked and shared the gospel with people. Uh, 14 Bible studies uh, there with the people. That's, that's amazing that God is raising up people with such a hunger. There's one last thing, one last thing I want to share with you that happened. Uh, Magna is the, the lady who's the manager of the hotel there. Uh, she has been a believer for about a year now, I believe. Um, and she lives in, in this very Catholic, idol-worshiping area. And she said that the owners of the hotel and, and the, the town above them were wanting to have a festival there. And it would be a festival for the idol that's located close to, right behind her hotel. 
and she was wanting to know what needed to be done. And so we gave her advice and turned to Scripture and, and taught her some about, about what the Word says about that. And uh, there's nothing that she could do to keep the festival from happening. But she knows that she may be asked to bow down to that idol or to buy things for that idol. And the town above them may say, if this is your job, you have to do that. And this is what her response was. I don't care if they fire me. I'm not going to go against what God's word says. This, this is her only source of income. And that's a big thing for there in Peru, to have a source of income there in the mountains. But she said, it, it's not a question. I will stand for the truth of my God. I will not bow down to anything else. God is at work. And God is at work. And I ask you to continue praying for these folks. We're going to keep having their names and information listed in the order of worship uh, to, to describe how you can pray for them. I pray that you will diligently pray for them, especially over these next six months. Because there is critical what happens over these next six months uh, before we can get back. Pray that we'll come back and just be astounded. They will see things that can only be explained by God. And I want to remind you, the task is not finished. There are thousands upon thousands of people in that, in that area and in and, and Lima and other areas that, we are, that we're in who do not know the Lord. The task is not finished. And you were created for a global purpose, for the gospel going out to all nations. And so I challenge you to think about what your role is in this. That perhaps God is raising you up to go. Perhaps God is raising you up to go and move and live there. What is your role? As God is doing a work that can only be explained by him. You think about that. I'm going to ask Pastor Bill to come on up. Amen. I want you to hear that because it's very important that we hear that and that we respond to that properly as a church body. You know, the, the psalm I read at the beginning, Psalm 67, when it says, Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. We, they saw gladness in the valley that we had not seen in the other times I've been there three times also and we see we see a lot of darkness when when you hear Catholic spoken here don't think of the Catholic Church here in Somerset think of a, a, a church that opens its door one time a year for a festival and brings a priest in one time a year and basically it's a mixture of animism and all sorts of false religions that have kind of come into it and it is idol centered and uh, we've seen darkness. There's, there's rays of light beginning to burst through. And, and that is a great joy to see that that is taking place. So pray for the valley. Pray for the teams that go. Pray for how we need to expand our ministry there. We've got six trips planned next year. Uh, Brother Todd will be getting those out in the next uh, few days, and you'll see those. Uh, but also pray because we're, we've got some individuals some of our college students that are actually interested in going there with the first team in the summer and coming back with the last team in the summer. 
and staying there in between the whole summer. And we're praying about that. And so that's one reason they were looking for telephones in every town. The sat phone doesn't always work real good. And they were looking for ways they can at least let mother know they're okay, which is probably important. But it's, going to be, it's a great challenge for our church. Let's pray that God will find us faithful in what he's calling us to do. As, as you leave this morning, I, this is kind of an unusual way to wrap up, but I want to do two things. Uh, as you leave today, there'll be a prayer sheet on the back, or someone will be handing them out, or just on the table. Somebody will be handing them out. And uh, these are a prayer guide for our Disciple Now weekend, next weekend. We've got about 60 young people who are going to be in homes and, and weekend over the weekend worshiping, studying the Bible, being involved in that. So you, uh, you pick up a prayer guide. It'll have their schedule. It'll have what to pray for. It'll have many of their names, have all the leaders' names, and host homes, and you pray for them as we do that, all right? And then uh, be back tonight as we talk about this is the day of prayer for the persecuted church. And tonight we're going to talk about the persecuted church in a very, I hope, personal way. And I hope you'll be here tonight. I hope you'll sit in close to the middle. I, I really want to, if I had my way, I would pick up all the chairs except for one section here uh, so that you'd have to do that. It's important that we kind of crowd in tonight, okay? Uh, so remember that as you come tonight. Sit in the middle. Don't make me ask you to because it's important for the for the ambiance, if you will, tonight of what we want to do. So come and do that. And at the end of tonight, we're going to go into a brief a congregational meeting to elect some messengers to KBC that slipped up on us, so we'll do that tonight. Let's stand together. We were, we were scheduled to sing uh, the song, and we're going to sing it as we go. Take my life and lead me, Lord. We'll just sing that through one time. That'll be our benediction. Jeff, come and lead us as we sing, and you'll be dismissed. <laughs>